passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we are live. I'm John Pollock, joined by Wei Ting. We are live. Wei Ting has told us as much. This is the Cafe Hangout. Anytime I say we are live, it's with my fingers crossed, if I can't cross my fingers as I'm uh, lowering the volume of this uh, pot on my mixer. But hopefully we are live. Let us know, everybody. It's the Cafe Hangout, everybody. (laughs) The ends of the earth that we go to to bring you this show live that waiting is in the driver's seat for we thank way this show is always brought to you by waiting and we thank rogers for the time being rogers yeah i have i i have very minimal to thank <laughs> rogers for in my life other than added headaches that are unnecessary mounting bills and of course uh a complete dependence upon yeah. Uh, hello, everybody. Thank you. Uh, if you're listening to us live or if you're listening to us taped and not live, uh, thank you for tuning in as well. We've got a fun show today. We are going to be looking ahead to one of the busier weekends of the year, uh, not just uh, stateside with All Out on Saturday night from the Sears Center just outside of Chicago, but as well, uh, the UK is a very big focus of the weekend. Uh, Reb Pro running a show, The Summer Sizzler, on Friday. Uh, but then the big ones are Saturday, where we're going to have head-to-head competition between New Japan and NXT UK. The fun gets started at 12.30 Eastern in the afternoon with the New Japan Royal Quest show taking place from the Copper Box Arena in London, England. And then in Cardiff, Wales, we've got the NXT UK TakeOver card that will be uh, coming at you at 2 p.m. Eastern time on the WWE Network. So joining us later on in the show, you are familiar with him. If you are a regular listener of the British Wrestling Experience, Jamesy is going to be joining us on the Hangout as we complete the trinity of all members of the British Wrestling Experience joining us on the Cafe Hangout. We've had Martin live in studio. We've had Benno and now Jamesy. Well, what a privilege. Yeah, um, I it's... It's kind of works out for timing wise for for the UK. So great, we 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 tailor our, all of our live programming towards our friends in the UK. So Jamesy will join us talk about what this weekend means, what the two shows are offering, and what advantages or disadvantages are being presented for the consumer that, in all likelihood, is going to be choosing between one or the other. And I think there's going to be a small number that is going to try and power through everything because I think top of the priority list is all out for everybody yeah i agree uh where would you like to start any news uh there is news there's quite a bit of it uh to go through uh starcast uh kicks off tonight uh with their series of panel shows uh just to look at tonight of what's going on there's a being the elite mailbag show at 6 30 at eight o'clock an all-out press conference and weigh-in do you think everyone's gonna make weight 
Do you think we'll have any last-minute uh, matches fall out because someone um, hasn't uh, properly cut during the week? I, I don't believe there are any strict weight limits in AEW. They don't seem to even have a cruiserweight division, so I don't know exactly what the weigh-ins are I hope for. Cody's close because he's doing a mailbag show right at the tail end, uh, right before the weigh-in. Is the fact that they did shoot weigh-ins for 205 Live in the Cruiserweight Tournament not the most preposterous thing? At the time, no. I mean, I think to to kind of maintain the, the relevance of the Cruiserweight even separation, it, it, it was fine. But to do them now, I, I would say it's they're kind of more ridiculous for AEW. To if anyone them. had to do legit weight cuts, I mean, and Cedric Alexander did. Yeah. I think it's kind of crazy that it's we're in a, pretty, we're in a work crazy. sport and we are having them do legit weight cutting for an audience that, let's be honest, they would not be able to decipher mm-hmm. 20 pound difference. No, no. But anyway, uh, this is all for show. It's just a publicity thing tonight. And then the night also features a busy night for Cody. He's doing another show at 930 with Tony Schiavone uh, where he'll do a a sit-down show called From Undesirable to Undeniable. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that line ever really kind of like caught off, but sure, it makes for a nice panel title. So – of course, StarCast is mainly focused around CM Punk's involvement on Saturday's show. He's going to be doing a sit-down with Mike Johnson of PW Insider at 1 p.m. on Fight. And there are also some pay-per-view outlets that are going to be carrying this. I believe yeah. uh, In Demand and Dish are carrying this. Mm-hmm. And StarCast put out a teaser where CM Punk got into a ring. This was at the Pro Wrestling Tees warehouse uh, where he rolled around in the ring. It was a bunch of outtakes that approximated a promo to push everyone towards StarCast. And I think that there's a lot of speculation around CM Punk and this particular weekend. It always is. Well, it's uh, not so much the video, but I think that it's the combination of, we had that story come out last week in the observer about people from Punk's side, throwing out the idea of Punk doing something with FS1 for a WWE studio show. The fact that that story was not uh, refuted or even addressed by Punk. I think it's, it's interesting and I think you'd be crazy not to think like all of the key people at AEW are in Chicago um, that would obviously probably want to make an in-person pitch to CM Punk. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I, I look at everything that it's it seems like there is uh, you, you could certainly look and you can speculate. And if CM Punk ends up somewhere within wrestling in the next six months, it's not going to surprise me to the degree it would have. Six to 12 months ago, where he seemed to be really comfortably detached and seemed happy with that. And now it seems that uh, there's, you know, the guy's front and center this weekend. He's a big part of this weekend, even though he is not advertised. And as in fact, it's everyone seems to be cautioning people not to expect him at all out, which in professional wrestling, that is always going to just lead people to double down if they believe uh, a punk appearance is imminent. The timing, I mean, seems to seems to be pretty good. Um I, I'm sure in this panel discussion, maybe I, you know, it, whatever. How, how many questions is he going to be asked that are just going to be, um, pretty much everything centered around what we've just talked about for two minutes? Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure a, a, a lot of it. I'm sure he'll just address off the top. But I, I feel like if you're punk, you're probably in a position right now to field some offers from all sides, just to see kind of what the interest is out there, to see perhaps. You know, what 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 the biggest offer is that he, he could receive? I would say under normal circumstances, okay, if this were um if AEW was out of the picture, I'd be curious how much of a um how much WWE would, would go after this guy. He is 
at a point now where I would imagine that the offers he has received or even the just whether they have been, you know, he's he said that he's gotten, you know, very little in terms of like real offers. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's made it seem that there hasn't been anything concrete. But you would think now that when both sides are trying to stack up on all star power imaginable, his the bidding would be at its highest now. He is a huge piece to whoever would be able to get him that. Uh, that's where you kind of get into the territory where someone may be adamant about not going back to wrestling, but sees the available amount you can make in the next year or two. And suddenly you start to make compromises with what you thought was your, your very hard line stance on something. And so I, I would imagine that both sides would want to, you know, revisit and see the WWE. You would not think on the surface would make any, logical sense for a guy that's been as stubborn in the past as punk and for him justifiably so with what he's been put through but aew conversely i mean that's obviously he's a he's a big big piece of the puzzle for them so i think it's an interesting weekend even if nothing comes out of it i i mean you'd be crazy not to think that there's you know with him kind of in involved in this whole thing of what talks will occur They've also mentioned John Moxley will not be appearing at Starcast. His panel has been canceled. Yes. Do you uh, not expect him at All Out then as well? No, I can't. I can't possibly imagine him doing this. So I, I, I think fans would be furious if he showed up at All Out and they had canceled the panel. I, I don't think there's any chance of that happening. And if he was, um, I just I can't imagine they would have canceled the panel um, for. Uh, if he legit can't travel, which is I'm under the impression he can't. So mm-hmm. that's unfortunate for the people that uh, wanted to see it. But I mean, it's it's a legitimate issue. Like he's off the pay-per-view. Like it's it, this is not a show Moxley wanted to miss by mm-hmm. any stretch. So it's got to be very serious. Would love to hear from anybody who uh, is attending uh, StarCast. And especially next week, if you did attend StarCast, how, 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 what was the vibe of this one? I feel like I'm, I'm hearing a lot less about this one than, you know, the one for Double or Nothing uh, and, and the one for All In. But, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know what the experience is like. Yeah, just um, not going through everything here at StarCast, but other shows include uh, Dean Malenko on Saturday, the women of AEW, a Colt Cabana show, an MJF show. Turner Memories with Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone. Uh, Wrestling with Stereotypes, too. Uh, Our friend Andreas Hale, who was on this show, uh, they are back. And they're on the Fight TV portion. So I'm really happy for them um, that they're uh, featured prominently. I think they had a really important panel discussion at the last StarCast in Vegas. And I hope a lot of people tune into this one. They have a a long list of guests that they're going to have that Andreas and Kel are going to be having on. So that is Saturday night at 8.30 p.m. Or sorry, Friday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. They're not going head to head with all out um joey ryan show mcfoley show and then the big one is punk saturday at 1 p.m which uh you're gonna try and watch at some point this week yes for sure Absolutely. i'm sure i will get around to watching it at some point so that's some of the news uh in chicago uh we will go through the cards uh this weekend but just some other things going on um shaza mckenzie and awesome kong have been added to the casino battle royale which is uh growing and growing by the number of people involved. And we'll probably have a bunch of surprises as well. So I'm more curious, less so than the names in it versus the actual execution of this, a second go around. I was not impressed with the first casino battle Royale. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was a concept that worked at all. So we'll see if they retool and have a different presentation and see if they, they can adjust it. So it's more kind of viewer friendly. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I feel like they probably learned a lot of lessons from the first time they did it. Uh, but, I, I would say what I look for the most is whether or not 
everybody feels special coming out of it. It's hard to make everybody feel special, but I would at least look for those special moments for uh, a lot of them, which you would assume uh, would be sticking around with the division. An interesting story that uh, Dave Meltzer had today in the Wrestling Observer newsletter centers around the G1 next year, because uh, next year, as we've mentioned, uh, Japan is going to be hosting the Summer Olympics, which go from July 24th till August 9th. Mm -hmm. So right in the the heart of the G1. So um, Dave is reporting that the plan is to do the G1 in the fall next year, uh, as opposed to a summer tournament. And that's really interesting because New Japan, I mean, they have their year planned out and it's everything happens the same place every they go to the same buildings every year they run the same shows and this would be a big departure but i i don't uh i don't hate the idea i don't hate it either um i think for our purposes to kind of have it separate from SummerSlam weekend is really nice i also feel like for new japan it shortens the the kind of awkward gap between you know the end of the g1 and wrestle kingdom uh, i think it just kind of tightens up that schedule a little bit more I w- what I would do would be the G1 eats up September, which is usually like the Destruction Tour is like not one of the big tours of the year, uh, nor are the Destruction shows kind of big, big shows. And then what would happen with King of Pro Wrestling, I would assume, would become the G1 finals if you do, if you have the matches throughout September and sure. into October. And that's your six week period for the G1. What would you do with the best of the Super Juniors and what would you basically replace the summer schedule with? Well, best of the super juniors could still go in in May and June mm-hmm. uh, uninterrupted. I think all this really messes up is the destruction show, which in theory you would probably have you could run big buildings for the G1 that that would more than make up for it. Right. The question is, what happens with July and August? Do they go elsewhere? Like those can't be just two uh, dormant months for them either. True. Yeah. So Makes that's maybe they tour a bit more in the summer. I would want to like have a bit of a gap before G1 starts, just if for nothing more the making sure everyone's healthy and you're not running them ragged before the G1 starts in September. But um, it's certainly doable. And perhaps then your big show prior to Wrestle Kingdom, instead of having King of Pro Wrestling and Power Struggle, you just have Power Struggle in November as kind of your setup. You do the tag tournament at the end in December, and then we're into the Dome Show. I'm curious to know, you know, for people that are local, how how this might affect, you know, whether or not they think it's a good or bad idea. I imagine the WH would love it. Sumo Hall finals in October? Fine. Yeah. Uh, No AC needed. But, um, you know, I'm sure in Japan, a lot of people's attention will be firmly in the Olympics anyway, and on a worldwide uh, uh, scale on the Olympics. So um, it'll be interesting. And if it's successful, is it something that that might potentially last? Yeah, it's a a great question. I... I'm fine with the idea if they, if they do this and it's logistically running at the same time as the Olympics, like not knowing kind of the, the Olympic schedule, it it does seem like it would be tough. And as well, just to have attention at that point, like you are not going to be um, garnering the same level of attention when people are going to be diverted with the Olympics and how that would affect your live event attendance as well. And what markets you run. It's, it's really tough to run if you're, if you've ever been to a host city of the Olympics and trying to, uh, manage some other form of sports or entertainment at the time. Uh, I just wanted to take a quick look at some of the cards this weekend. Yep. Uh, we won't preview everything, but let's start off. Uh, I'll just quickly run through the Royal Quest card, which is, again, Saturday afternoon in London at the Copper Box Theater. It's headlined by Kazuchika Okada versus Minoru Suzuki for the IWGP heavyweight title. Zack Sabre Jr. defending the British heavyweight title against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Tomohiro Ishii versus Kenta for the, Noah, for the never openweight title. 
Tamatonga and Tangaloa will defend the tag titles against the winners of the Reb Pro Roy- Road to Royal Quest tournament, which is going on with uh, Shaw Samuels and Josh Bodum taking on Aussie Open in the final on the Summer Sizzler card Friday. So we'll know Friday who the opponents are. Tetsuya Naito and Sonata versus Jay White and Chase Owens. Will Ospreay and Robbie Eagles against Taiji Ishimori and El Fantasmo. Yujiro and Hikuleo versus Kota Ibushi and Juice Robinson. And the opener sees Rapongi 3K and Rocky Romero taking on Ryusuke Taguchi, Shota Umino, and Ren Narita. It's a fantastic looking card that uh, we'll, we'll speak to uh, James Z a lot more about. But some of these are playing off of, uh, obviously, Ishii and Kenta having a... Uh, a bit of an interaction in the G1. And also, uh, Tatsuya Naito is about to face Jay White. And we also have uh, the Will Ospreay and Robbie Eagles team up, uh, which is an angle based off of right off the end of the Super Juniors, which nobody would have seen other than the people that were there live. In terms of title changes, I could really see Kenta winning the Never title. I could see it too. Yeah. I mean, it's the Never Open Way title. It just seems to bounce from everybody. I think it's uh, more important he wins in this first big match since the turn. I agree. And it, I'm not saying the title means a whole lot for him, but I think beating Ishii is more important than even winning the title. And it, it kind of establishes Kenta in a solid heel spot. Um, perhaps. I almost wish the title wasn't a part of this because I feel like it's such a lame, lame duck title that it doesn't help anybody. And it would perhaps add a bit more intrigue. You know, it doesn't force anybody to have to win or lose. Uh, do you expect to see Katsuri Shabbat on this show? Mm, maybe not this one. Save it for something else? For for Japan. And presumably after this show, we'll get the whole rollout of the big matches for Destruction. Because all we know now is September 22nd in Kobe, it's going to be Tetsuya Naito and Jay White. And mm-hmm. probably the uh, there's going to be three Destruction shows. So I imagine some angles coming out of this that you can spread across those three big shows in September. That yeah. we'll probably see over the next week. Uh, NXT UK TakeOver will be headlined by Walter and Tyler Bate for the United Kingdom Championship. Tony Storm defends the UK women's title against Kaylee Ray. Three uh, triple threat tag title match with Zach Gibson and James Drake defending against Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews. And Gallus consisting of Wolfgang and Mark Coffey. Last man standing match involving Joe Coffey versus Dave Masta. A lot of coffee on this show. A lot of coffee, yeah. And Travis Banks takes on Noam Dar in a singles match as well. So five matches plus whatever Cesaro is doing on the show, which uh, could be a match, could be an angle. Um, I, I think that that adds something to this show, just the fact that Cesaro's there. And when I list off the matches, no Jordan Devlin, no Pete Dunne. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys unaccounted for that if you were going to do a bonus match or something with Cesaro, uh, you can come up with a lot of creative ideas. Uh, Cassius Ono's been tied to this brand as well. They have that history. I'm kind of interested to see what Cesaro does. I definitely am. I think he fits in great with the mix. Um, you know, we we talked about the uh, as far as this show goes. To me, it's 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 a bit of a two match show. Um, I'm interested to see the two title matches, but beyond that, you Dave know, Mastiff and Joe Coffey. Listen, if I hear great things about it after the fact, if I, I listen to the British wrestling experience afterwards and and they they rave about this match, then, what a plug! Then <laughs> then maybe I'll, I'll I'll go out of my way to see it. But um, I I think with so much going on on that. Saturday, it's it might be a bit more of a pick and choose for this one. Yeah, this is the one I'm going to try and squeeze in at some point. I'm watching New Japan. I'm watching All Out. And then anything else, it's going to be contingent on time. But we do highly recommend the Prime Target special that aired, uh, which we learned is about to be put on their YouTube channel. Yeah, from what I understand, it's going to go up on the YouTube channel um, at some point before Saturday. So it looks mm-hmm. like people will get to see that, which is smart. It's it's a great it, it's a great 
preview of Walter and Tyler Bate. I think it's, I've just been watching NXT UK for the last few weeks. I don't watch it every week, but to me, it was much more effective than the TV I had seen. And as I mentioned on um, the double shot, uh, Sean Ryan, who was involved in those great OTT videos, uh, he was involved in the production of that, as well as the exotic Adrian Street documentary that's going to oh. be premiering on the network right before uh, TakeOver on Saturday. It's a half-hour special that um, Jeremy Borash involved in both as well. So I'm looking forward to that as well. So if you oh. like Prime Target, it seems like it was the same team that also worked on the Adrian Street documentary. Wow, cool. I wish there was mention of any of these things on like Raw or SmackDown, but... You just kind of have to find out. Uh, yeah, the prime target is an elusive target if you are just watching Raw huh. and SmackDown each week. But yeah, the prime target, it's it's what, 24 minutes? So 24 minutes focusing all on Walter and Tyler Baden. If you're uh, somebody who maybe only has a brief knowledge of, of who both of the participants are, especially Walter, I highly recommend it. Does Jill Bate, uh, is she a candidate for Rookie of the Year? Uh I don't know if she she had uh, she was who awesome. she in contention with. You mean like in a non-speaking role oh. or non-wrestling role? Oh, she's impressive as any in-ring wrestler <laughs> in terms of a first impression this year. Yeah. Jill Bate was awesome in this. Walter is amazing. Well, awesome. Walter's he is great. amazing. He's like a real life Ivan Drago in yeah. this in this 24 minutes. It's so great with his little soldiers in the WXW gym. It's it, it's a really well-done piece. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I loved it. Um so that is those are the big uh, head-to-head shows on Saturday. I think after we chat with Jamesy, then we'll go through the whole card at All Out because that is uh, 10 matches deep, and we can go a little bit more in-depth uh, with our preview. But um, Shall we try to get Jamesy on the line? Yeah, right let's, uh, let's contact Jamesy, okay. and then after we chat with Jamesy, uh, we'll go through All Out, and we'll also be taking your phone calls. I want to know what you are going to be watching this weekend. What is the priority for you? What are you t- going to try and watch from StarCast? Uh, what will you, will you be watching NXT, NXT UK-wise? And you can call us at 732-800-4423, or you can Skype in just by searching for Post Wrestling, and we will be taking your calls as long as you're calling on this show on the Cafe Hangout. Uh, so you can look forward to that. As Way mentioned, the British Wrestling Experience crew, they are going to be back with a special bonus show on Sunday morning with Martin Bushby, Benno, and Jamesy reviewing both the New Japan Royal Quest card and NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. So uh, three of the best voices out there. And when it comes to these two shows, no three people I would rather hear from than those three uh, recapping all of the action that's taking place in the UK, what works, what doesn't work, and what the overall discussion is coming out of those shows because I think it's a it's an interesting I don't want to say it necessarily head-to-head battle because live it seems both shows uh did very well in terms of the tickets that they put out and what was purchased but I think when it comes to viewership worldwide uh people are picking one over the other and NXT UK has a big advantage by being on the WWE Network and New Japan not making the show available on New Japan World live so I think that's a handicap for Royal Quest. I think so too, at least for the time being. Uh, we're still waiting to get Jamesy on on the line, but um, yeah, I, I, I think though a lot of people are probably going to be watching Royal Quest after the fact. Um, I think twenty four ninety nine. That's a tough price tag mm-hmm. if you're already spending money on New Japan World, knowing you're getting it, and you've got a very attractive option in Takeover. That, um, you know, it's. I think people are gonna kind of balk at that at that price tag for new japan or as well we we forget in this whole thing the punk interview is going to be going on at the same time and i think that there's a lot of interest in that punk interview yeah yeah although with that one being you know uh 
a pay-per-view as well might be a bit, a bit, a bit of a challenge for people, but uh, I certainly expect a lot of people to be trying to pick and choose these things after the fact. Yeah, I'd be curious how many are would be buying that something like that a la carte versus just getting the weekend pass at StarCast. Like it's a for forty bucks for all the shows you get. It's it is a pretty good deal that they put out for the weekend uh, on StarCast. But we are joined by. Our guest now. Uh, it's a pleasure to welcome to the Cafe Hangout for the very first time uh, someone that everyone is familiar with, uh, fans of the British wrestling experience. He is the man, the myth, the legend. Jamesy himself is with us. Jamesy, how are you today? <laughs> That's a great introduction. Thanks very much, guys. I'm great. Yeah, really good. Been a busy week here, but delighted to be on. Great honor for me to be on a show with you two guys, I must say. Uh, well, before we get into the insanity that's going on this weekend, uh, I spoke to you privately, but I wanted to just, uh, again, reiterate what a great show you had with uh, Alan Forel last week. It was just a fantastic conversation going over the top 50 matches in UK history, uh, highlighted by a phenomenal Kenta Kobashi, Kobashi story, and uh, it was just great listening to you two for the two hours. It was uh, one of my favorite shows I've listened to this year. Oh wow! Thanks very much, and I, I was just so touched to hear you talking about it, even on your um, your show on Monday or Tuesday as well. Um, like for me, it was it was a very easy show to do because when you have a guy like Alan, who's who's someone I've known for a long time and who I consider a good friend, um, you just get Alan to talk about good wrestling and you just sit back and you just let the man talk because he's just a tremendous guest great brain for wrestling great knowledge and yeah I'm glad people enjoyed it and that Kobashi story is a story that basically anytime I meet Alan I make him tell me that story <laughs> because I love it so much so I, I just couldn't let the podcast pa pass by even though it was kind of straying away from the subject matter a little bit there's no way I was going to let, let, the, let the chance to let everyone else hear that story pass it was it's just a great story and the more and more uh, that I hear about whatever went on during this uh, particular number of, of trips uh, from you and Benno, uh, I'm just <laughs> curious that if you two ever do a show on the ROH bus and what occurred, <laughs> will, will Way and I need legal representation uh, before this show goes up? I think it shouldn't be a live show anyway, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> there are certain, there are certain, all I'll say is there are certain WWE wrestler or former WWE wrestlers who would be highly incriminated by things that happened on that bus. Yeah, and and I'll say no more than that. This is like that Max Payne uh, documentary that was teased with a trailer that looked to incriminate some folks <laughs> and then completely disappeared off the face of the earth. And we never saw the yeah. Max Payne documentary. Uh, but, uh, Coming up this weekend, uh, Jamesy, just first of all, you know, for someone like you that has been so attached to this scene for so many years, uh, th does this feel like a really big weekend where it seems that it's it's really got a, an enormous amount of attention uh, on a very busy weekend where All Out is going down, StarCast is happening, but I think everyone kind of has their attention on this, this interesting head-to-head -head battle between New Japan and NXT UK and how that scene is is shaping up with two dominant players uh in that territory this weekend absolutely you know and and you know we've there have been many as a discussion both on on the bwe and and on twitter the last while about about the so-called debt of the british wrestling scene and you know in, in a way these shows are, are slightly separate to that you know what i mean i suppose you've, you've got two big foreign companies kind of putting on shows in the same way that 
like on the podcast with Alan, we would have talked about ROH coming over and Dragon Gate coming over and putting on their shows. Um, but when you, even if you think about the attendance that's going to be at those shows, like there's going to be, I think, 6,000 people in the Copper Box for the New Japan show. Um, I think it's heading for 4,000 people in Cardiff for NXT. And even on the Friday night, um, I believe the Rev Pro show that's going to be on Summer Sizzler in York Hall in London, it has sold out at around 1,100 people. So you're looking at upwards of, of 11 to 12,000 people attending attending three shows in two days in the UK you know so um, myself and Benno and Martin would always talk about UK fans and about how they have a, a rabid hunger for wrestling you know what I mean and I think that's pretty much exemplified in these three shows that are coming up you know do you foresee that that's kind of where things are trending that you're going to see these for lack of a better term like prestige events that they are going to have the enormous demand and it's something like me and way will see here in toronto that it's very much a major league city where you can see the big shows that come here can do very very well but then your local week-to-week independents they're going to do about 250 to 300 people do you see less of a demand coming out of this for your smaller shows and people kind of saving up and they're going to go to shows that are deemed to be important and new japan nxt they're kind of setting the bar for what are considered important events I, I, I think to some extent that might be true, you know, and like it, it's definitely a, a case that the bigger independent companies like your Rev Pros and your Progress have certainly seen a softening of attendance in, in, in the last 12 months. Now, when I say softening of attendance, it's not a huge drop off, you know, I mean, Rev Pro will, will regularly like three or four times a year put 800 to 1000 in your call, mm-hmm. whereas before they were maybe selling the place out at 1100 and selling out quite quickly. Um, the progress shows in the electric ballroom in Camden in London, like they, they, they sell out at around 800 usually. And people, there has been a lot of kind of hand wringing online this week about the fact that there were some empty seats at progress, but like they're still doing six or 700 mm-hmm. in those venues. You know what I mean? So, Yes, there is a softening of attendance, but I, I I kind of feel like these these big events almost run separately to, to the independent scene. You know what I mean? And we have always, as I said, like back in the mid 2000s, myself and Alan were going to ROH shows when there was no independent scene in the UK whatsoever to speak of. You know, so all we had were, were those big shows or WWE house shows or WCW shows in the in the 90s. So I think they're almost a separate entity unto themselves. You know what I mean? And like, even if you look at NXT, we we talk a lot about in quite critical terms about that product, about it being quite a mediocre product, about a product that, that's lacking in buzz. But at the same time, on, on the same day that there's a huge show going on in London, they're still drawing 3,800 people. So there, there is a brand value there for the yeah. big companies. And both of them sold those tickets before any matches were announced. So it's purely the NXT UK brand sold those tickets and purely the New Japan brand sold those tickets. How, how much, uh, uh, James, do you, do you feel like, um, you know, that everything that's been happening on uh, with the UK scene right now has, has really kind of hurt uh, – I, I suppose, you know, the common fans interest for NXT UK. I mean, I hear you guys talk about it from time to time, but I don't know how many other people, even of our audience, is watching that show. And w- what does this sh- show kind of need to do in order to change that? It's difficult for them, I think. Like, now, like again, we're having this conversation in the context of them just selling 4,000 tickets. So right. there clearly is interest coming from somewhere. I feel like that audience is maybe the casual WWE fan who maybe has the network 
watches NXT, watches, you know, watches 205 Live, but, but is nearly a fan within the WWE bubble. You know, because all I see from the kind of the separate bubble that I'm in, I suppose, the kind of more hardcore indie fan is is there's a lot of resentment towards that brand from fans of independent wrestling. You know what I mean? Um, I think people, I don't like, put it this way, but New Japan have taken Zack Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay in the last few years pretty much away from the independent scene. And you, there isn't, a resentment amongst fans for that because that was always the natural way of things in wrestling. You know, if you think back to the mid 2000s and CM Punk getting signed by WWE and um, Danielson, the elite talents would always get signed. And I don't think people ever had a huge problem with that. And, and people don't have a problem with New Japan signing Zack Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay because they're putting them in, in, in high up positions in the company. They're giving them a, a good platform to showcase their talents. Whereas when people see WWE signing everyone from the, from the independents, it feels like they're doing it more to keep them away from other companies rather than a genuine desire to put these guys on a platform and present them at their best, you know. Um, and... That's where the resentment comes from. You know, people feel like this was a, a company that was, NXT UK was set up basically in response to the world of sports show happening on ITV and in, in out of fear on WWE's part that another show would kind of take their slice of the pie. And it feels like it was done in a cynical way and in a way to suppress somebody else rather than in a genuine desire to put on a good product. And it's not as if the NXT UK product is a must-see product. Like, I know you guys would watch it on, on a pretty regular basis. And those shows aren't must-see TV. They're pretty bland. They're pretty mediocre. They're not put, like, for the level of talent that they have, like, they have Walter, they have Ilya Dragunov, they have Pete Dunne, they have Tyler Bate, they have the cream of the crop in Europe. And yet, how many matches from that company will be on people's match of the year list at the end of the year? How many must-see storylines are going on in that product at the moment. I would say very, very few, if any. Yeah, it's interesting because I was talking to someone just the other day about this, the fact that we're, we're also in an era where I think it takes very little now in terms of instead of doing your weeks and weeks of television and countless angles to build to your big show, all it really takes is a prime target. And I think you're pretty up to speed on everything. It's a match you want to see. And I think that a lot of people now, it's there's so much product out there that if i can just my commitment is eight minutes a week for a road to all out special great that's going to build up the stories yeah. and it's very little uh investment on the fans side of things that you know there's a big show coming and the week-to-week -week television despite how lucrative it is right now i i don't know how necessity necessary it is to build to a big show now absolutely and i mean we we see that even with wwe this week um the, the the network special that they put out, the prime target show that they yeah. put on there a couple of nights ago. As you said, it feels very much like them seeing what the elite have been doing and seeing what the AEW have been doing with these kind of 20 to 30 minute, almost bite-sized segments that tell you the story. Like, And to my mind, that prime target special did more to build up that match in my eyes than than the weeks and months of TV that have gone before. You know, I thought that was one of the better things WWE have put out in a long time. Um, it was fantastic, you know. With uh, NXT's move to USA Network, do you see the WWE treating NXT UK with a bit more priority? 
it's hard to know what they're going to do because because there will be a gap in their schedule. You know, they're, they're going to be down a week of of reasonably popular programming on the network. Um, so my own theory is that it'll probably be something more American-based that, that will fill that gap rather than an expansion of NXT UK. Um, I, I could see them probably putting Evolve on there mm-hmm. and kind of Evolve becoming the de facto developmental and, and NXT proper will kind of be elevated to like the, do you remember the, the ECW on sci-fi where they were kind of the C brand, but it was, it, it was its own kind of brand without it being developmental. It was its own TV show. It had its own pay-per-views and that kind of thing. And I don't know if this will affect NXT UK as much as it will probably affect something like Evolve. Right. What is your uh, Saturday going to be structured like, Jamesy? What all are you going to be taking in? Um, well, I, I saw your Twitter poll there um, a couple of days ago asking people about what they were going to be watching live. And when I saw the results, I was surprised when, when it was the majority of people were going to actually watch the NXT UK show when, when in the bubble that I inhabit there's far more buzz for the New Japan show, you know. Well, the caveat that I think the majority were, said neither, right? <laughs> okay, the, the, yeah, yeah. Most did say neither, watch, but I, I think what also goes into that is the fact that with the New Japan show, while I, I'm with you, I think it is the bigger the bigger show that has more buzz to it, but also comes with a, a $25 US price tag yep. um, that I think is going, if people are on the fence, yeah, I'm going to go with the NXT show that I probably already have a network subscription and I can wait for the New Japan show rather than shelling out 25 bucks. That was exactly the point I was going to make. I think they've they've really shot themselves in the foot here. You know, like like they, they were the brand that had the goodwill. Like if you remember, the NXT TakeOver card kind of became a thing when the New Japan show became a thing and people saw it as NXT kind of trying to steal some of their thunder. And all the goodwill was on New Japan's side. But then, like, when you see the price of that, like, in this day and age, like, it's in, in, in Irish currency, it's 28 euro. Like, that'll get me over two months of of, of a New Japan subscri- subscri- subscription or, or a network subscription, you know what I mean? And they're expecting us to pay out that much for one show, you know? So, like, I suppose if I wasn't covering the show for, for, for post-wrestling, I could see myself easily just turning on the WWE network that, that I have a subscription to anyway watching that show and just waiting for the for the new japan show to come up on on world in a, in a week's time or whenever and just watching that then you know but i think they've made a big mistake because they they were seen as the good guys but this price tag has kind of swung the momentum back towards nxt uk do you, do you think the punk interview how, how big of a thing do you think the punk interview is like do you uh amongst like the people you speak with do you think like it, it's a big thing or is that going to be something that people might get around to it and they'll hear you know what are the big headlines coming out of that if he says anything noteworthy it's, it, i don't know if people are, are so much like there is definitely excitement about it and there definitely is a buzz mm-hmm. um i don't know if it's specifically the punk interview or if it's the f- that little video that he put online there the other day where it's him in a wrestling ring and the way it's all phrased is very clever like you would never like there's no way their intention there isn't to get you thinking about CM Punk being a wrestler again you know what I mean like they're, they're being very blatant about it almost you know um and like that's the big question that's on everyone's lips is he going to wrestle is he going to show up on Saturday night in Chicago and do something you know, they 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 their big surprise that they that they imagined they were going to reveal was Pack 
and they've had to kind of pull the trigger on him due to circumstances outside their control. So like if if you need a big surprise name to do something on a show, that's your guy. You know, I don't know if what you guys think about that. Is it likely that he'll do something on the show itself or, or do you think it's just them making you think it is? I, I think completely the goal is to make you think that and have the plausible yeah. deniability of saying, hey, we never promoted it. In fact, we mm. said that it's it, you shouldn't get your hopes up. I I am more convinced now than in the past that Punk lands somewhere, and I think AEW makes a, a whole lot of sense. I, I cannot yeah. imagine that this weekend goes by and there's not some kind of interaction with all those people in one city yeah. together, pretty much under one roof. So... I am. I, there was a time I would have been very surprised to see him come back. I, I'm not really at that stage anymore. So I think that there's. Uh, I, I think that there's certainly legitimate uh, reason to to speculate that he could do it. And Saturday would make as much sense as in in the world to kind of go off the show and have something huge to drive you to that first show and build it around CM Punk speaks or do do something that there's a bit of a cliffhanger coming off of the pay per view on Saturday. Yeah, like I, I, I just feel like I'm, I'm kind of long in the tooth and cynical now at this stage, and I, I no longer believe that you never say never in wrestling. You know what I mean? Like I, I just feel like, as you said, I think it's almost inevitable that he comes back at some point, even just from the point of view that he will need money at some stage. And um, and think about the yeah. offers that are probably staring at him now. Like he, yeah, the timing works out to such a degree that he's, you know, here's a guy who's now he's over 40 and looking at, Hey, like there are probably a lot of zeros that are now are coming from both directions. And I, I don't even like the WWE one sounds insane, but a, a, every offer, you know, it's, it's, it's a reality check of like, what, are, what am I saying no to? Um, so I would imagine this guy is looking at enormous money that could set him up for another lifetime. If he is willing to yeah. invest the next two years of his life towards continuing to wrestle. What's your uh, interest level going into AEW and their weekly television show, Jamesy? And in particular, what role do you think they will fill uh, with Brit Rest? I suppose AEW is, it's not, if, if, if I look at the AEW, and this is just my personal taste in wrestling, and I mean, anyone who knows me knows I, I have specific taste in wrestling. If I look at the AEW roster, my favorite guys aren't on it. You know, like none of the guys that are on it are the guys whose matches I will seek. There, there are guys in wrestling whose matches I will watch. No matter where they are, I will seek them out and make sure, make it my business to watch them. There aren't people on that roster that make me want to rush out and see them. But um, there's the, there's the even having said that, there's the curiosity factor of to be in the midst of another wrestling war, like is, is, is for us as fans, it's really exciting. You know what I mean? Who's going to show up week to week? What's going to happen? I'm hugely curious just as, as an onlooker as to how, what kind of hierarchy is going to be in the company? Like, it seems like there's Tony Khan there. There's Omega, there's the Bucks, there's Cody. There's an awful lot of cooks kind of all jostling for position in the one kitchen like and is a head chef going to emerge at the top of it you know what i mean that's the kind of thing that interests me what is their style going to be are they going to have being the elite style skits or are they going to present the kind of wins and losses matter product they've been talking about because at the moment to me it feels all over the place you know some of those pre-shows that we saw had some very poor stuff on it and some stuff that i thought was 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 pretty bush league 
but then the shows that they put on, you know, they're a work race promotion. There are going to be good matches on the shows no matter what. Um, so I'm more of a fascinated observer, I think, than than a guy who's going to be a fan of AEW. But um, for sure, I'm going to be keeping a very close eye on it. Um, from the point of view of Britress, I suppose like we have some British guys in there already. Like the um, Pack is now back in the fold. Uh, Jimmy Havoc is on the show. So just to see how those guys get on, I, like I think it was time for for a guy like Jimmy Havoc to leave the UK scene. He had more than more than had his run over here at this stage and it was time for him to kind of go to new pastures and kind of be exposed to a new audience um and i suppose again it's it's a second option like like before there was only wwe as an option realistically for a lot of wrestlers to get a good contract now there is the opportunity like you know there might be a guy who's kind of on the up on the independent scene here at the moment and he might be looking at some of his kind of his his, his ex co-wrestlers on the indies who are in NXT UK and kind of think to himself, like, they're not doing an awful lot. They have a contract, but they, you know, they get on, you know, a guy like Joseph Connors or someone like that who shows up and has a match maybe once every three or four weeks on NXT UK, doesn't really get big feuds, doesn't get big matches. And if you're an up-and-coming wrestler now, you don't feel that you have to take that NXT UK contract because there's another player in town who's offering good money and who's offering a similar platform to people, maybe a better platform, you know, We'll end on this. Um, you know, everyone is looking at kind of AEW and what their touring schedule is going to look like. And to me, uh, London and the UK market to me is such a big one for them that I think uh, I would not just be going there for TV. I would stage a big pay-per-view there. And as well, I mean, as we look at StarCast, like they have, you know, they this is the third StarCast in the last 12 months. I think if you take StarCast over there, it would be an enormous success um, taking a proven concept over to fans that maybe did not get the opportunity to travel over here. What do you think the ceiling is for a major AEW pay-per-view uh, venue-wise for them? Like, what what do you think, like, the first time in with all of these names coupled with a StarCast, uh, the kind of business that they could do over there? Yeah, like I, I've had this conversation with Benno and Martin before, and I, I honestly don't think it's unrealistic for them to go for a five to ten thousand seater venue. Um, I, I like the the elite alone. I've I've witnessed with my own two eyes the phenomenon of the elite. Like um, here in Ireland, we have OTT wrestling, um, and they run stadium shows two to three times a year, and those. That venue is about 2,200 capacity. And I think the two of the first three events that they ran in that stadium featured the elite, some combination of the Bucks and Kenny or Cody. And they sold tickets like wildfire. They filled the place, no problem at all. I saw with my own two eyes the queues for merch, the queues to meet them for meet and greet. There is a rabid fan base for them over here. And that's just in Dublin, which is a very, very small market. That's a city with a population of, I think, one and a half million. Mm -hmm. So you translate that to London, which is a very similar fan base, which is a massive city with many, many times that population, with bigger venues. And I don't see any reason why they couldn't put 10,000 people in a, in a venue in London. In fact, I'd be surprised if they didn't. Like you, you take the 10,000 people who are going to these shows over the weekend. Most, if not all of them, will be the type of people who would travel to London and go and see a, a proper AEW show. So, yeah, I think that the sky is the limit. And like, we, as I said, we always talk about this hardcore UK fan base. They would turn out for a show like that. No problem at all. Yeah, I, I 
completely agree with you. Uh, you can catch uh, Jamesy, Benno, and Martin. They will be back Sunday with a post-show covering both the New Japan Royal Quest show and NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. And every other Wednesday here at PostWrestling.com, you can check out the British Wrestling Experience. Subscribe to them on iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, three of the most knowledgeable individuals uh, when it comes to the pro wrestling industry. And Jamesy, it was so great to uh, get you on the show here. And we'll definitely do this again. Uh, hope you survived the weekend of insanity. It's going to be a busy one for everyone, but um, there's a lot to like this weekend that's coming up. Absolutely. And thanks so much, guys, for number one, for the opportunity to even be on your network in the first place. Like, it's it's a huge thrill for me. And number two, for having me tonight. Like, as I said, I'm kind of sitting here having to pinch myself that I'm talking to you two guys at the moment. Like, it's kind of almost surreal for me. So just thanks so much for everything. Oh, the pleasure is all ours. Thank you so much, Jamesy. And uh, we will t- uh, talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Have a Bye-bye. Night. Thanks, Jamesy. All right. Well, that is... Uh, oh, he's great. That was a great discussion oh, on man. just everything. Uh, as I said, like Martin, Benno, and Jamesy, yeah. they just they know uh, inside and out like that area of the world and, uh, and, beyond, and not even restricted to that beyond area either. Absolutely. Uh, three brilliant yeah. guys, uh, if you have not checked out the British wrestling experience. Uh, we have a few more minutes. I'd like to open it up to phone calls or even uh, uh, the chat room if people have any type of questions or comments that they want to talk about. We'll be up for uh, at least a couple more minutes. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, let, AEW. Let's go through the card. Just uh, some brief thoughts uh, going uh, through it. We have 10 matches announced on the buy-in. We have the 21-woman Casino Battle Royale. And the participants listed so far are Nyla Rose, Dr. Britt Baker, who is back after the concussion, Allie, Brandy, Teal Piper, Ivelisse, Jazz, uh, Big Swole, who was previously Ariel Monroe, Sadie Gibbs, who was just announced, Awesome Kong, and then 11 others. So lots of room for uh, surprises. I would expect mm-hmm. a few like um, uh, women from the past that yep. maybe they can get. So uh, that's kind of what this match is kind of designed around, surprises and coming up with some create creativity, but it's, I think they also have their work cut out for them in this match. I was not a big fan of the concept. Uh, these are tough matches and you have varying degrees of experience here. I mean, like Teal Piper, to my knowledge, this is her first match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so much of it, I think will be based around backstory. Uh, and, and I think the experience really comes into play with how much television experience perhaps, uh, any of these people have. I think it's one thing to be able to, you know, pull off a battle royal in a live setting, but on a live pay-per-view being the first thing that a lot of people are going to see, I think the pressure will be on not just the participants, but the producers to make sure that everything is booked in a, in a, a coherent way that I think translates well to TV. The winner uh, gets into the match on the debut episode for the women's title to crown the first champion. Uh, hard to really make a prediction when there's so many unknowns, but I mean, obviously, um, they, sorry. Uh, so the winner gets to be in the title match against who? The winner will receive a match for the inaugural women's championship on the October 2nd show, which is when they're crowning the first champion. So this will be one half of the match. And we don't know how the other half will be determined I don't think they've announced that uh, to the best of my knowledge. Um, Obviously, it feels like Britt Baker is someone they're pushing very significantly. I don't Mm -hmm. know if she wins this. Uh, personally, I, I would love like um, an outlier, or a left field one like Jazz. Uh, I think that'd be kind of cool, but I don't see them going that way. I think for like you know for for maximum value, uh, I, I definitely see it being put on somebody like a Nyla Rose or you know, Awesome Kong. I feel is at this point maybe more of a novelty act and somebody who maybe doesn't even need something like this. But my top choices would probably be between Britt Baker and Nyla Rose. 
Then on the buy-in, we also have a private party taking on Angelico and Jack Evans uh, in a tag match. Um, One of those matches that I think, you know, no story really. It's just like it's, it hopefully will be a really hot match between two really great teams. And then we go on to the pay-per-view portion. Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt against SCU. I could see this one in the opener, just kind of getting everyone in. That kind of is the role SCU's been designated for. Just open the show, crowd participation, and um, this should be a win for the Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, Marco Stunt team. You would think so, but I mean, SCU, I feel like, have lost pretty much everything that they've been in lately. So I I, I don't know. I I don't think it necessarily matters which team wins. Um, but you know, you do look forward to seeing Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy Marco Stunt continue to, I, I think, make some waves. It's it's kind of impressive how much like you know of the audience's attention they have, despite not having TV. You know, only really through a few appearances on their pay per views, of course, and also being the elite, it's managed to make these these guys. I would say some of the more, I don't know, popular uh, all AEW at this point. I would call them AEW originals. You know? I, th- I think this match will work really well, given who's involved. And I think Luchasaurus getting his big spots that everyone gets into. Yeah. And I would have Jungle Boy get the, the pinfall and really be kind of get the spotlight here. Sure. So that, that has to be what happens. Uh, maybe. Just because I said so. That's all. Uh, Rio versus Hikaru Shida. This could certainly be. This is not one of the matches anyone's talking about that could be a yeah. real sleeper on this show. This could be one of the better matches of the night. It could be. It could be. Although, um, I, I thought the last match we saw with Riho in, uh, in the the mixed tag, I think that was just a lot of circumstances were that just were working against them. That sure. uh, I, I think this is going to be more of a fresh start. Uh, I expect a lot better here. I think so too. I think so too. Um, again, not so much a match really based off of any type of storyline. It's just more so, you know, uh, a match that really is based off of the work rate and the anticipation that this will just be a really hot match. You know, in theory, like the winner of that match should be in the October second match, and I feel but why? like that's been. But why? Why this match? Uh, because how else are you going to determine? Like this is their last show before October second. How else are you going to determine this? Why is this match special? Why Riho and Hikaru Shida? Uh, it should be just the fact that this is a singles match and woman wins. Um, isn't it in some ways easier to? You know, isn't that an easier path than anyway? They could they could do it. They have I, no other shows, so I'm just saying like you have to make a match. Well, and you have me, no shows to do it. To me, it would it would kind of make sense to have like the final two, uh, in 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 the battle royal go on. But well, okay. unless I've missed something, it just says winner will receive right. it, and yeah, that's how this is kind of laid out. Um, Darby Allen, Joey Janela, Jimmy Havoc in a Cracker Barrel Clash. Cracker Barrel Clash. So these yeah. three have already drawn money because they've got a sponsor for their match. I mean, they're so kind of like the Cracker Barrel Clash sounds so. <laughs> Lance like Storm corny. should be the referee for this. That was the uh, man that popularized Cracker Barrel within professional wrestling. I, 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 I would assume one of many, but I once went to Cracker Barrel just because of the recommendation of Lance Storm when I was God. in uh, Florida. Between that and Waffle House, but Cracker Barrel seems to be the AEW favorite. Oh, right imagine now. Waffle House got in on this. I look forward to seeing the. Uh, the crack, the barrel spot. You know, we saw Janelle and Paige do it uh, at All In last year. Uh, they're going to do something insane in this. Like I could see Darby Allen like being a contortionist, getting into the barrel, and they don't. And then wow. he's throwing in the barrel somewhere. I I look forward to this being a, a chance to for for these three to ex- exhibit a, a great deal of creativity. You know, uh, whether with with the barrel or without the barrel. Um, I, this is essentially a hardcore match, is it not? Yeah, I'm I'm hoping with the people involved that we're going to get creativity as opposed to just shock Crazy violence shit. that 
I, I mean, know. usually the two are kind of hand in hand, but yeah, to be what separates, you know, the great hardcore stuff from just like mindless is, is creativity. Cody versus Sean Spears. Sean Spears, his, he will be accompanied by Tully Blanchard. And a big part of this is who Cody gets one person in his corner. Mm-hmm. I think everyone assumes it's going to be Arn Anderson. Ooh, yeah, that's great. I think that would be awesome. That's great. Um, yeah, and we'll get a huge pop. And if ye, if we get coming out of this weekly uh, road twos of Arn and Tully cutting promos on one another, uh-huh. Tully, I'm I've been disappointed that they haven't utilized Tully more in the last few weeks. They kind of like they they were hitting this feud hard, did the contract signing, and very little since. There's been no road two this week as of this recording. Um, it's, I think Tully's been awesome. I hope Tully is a big part of them when they go to television because he's been a oh, really sure. great addition. To me, there, it'd be, there'd be no point in having somebody like a Tully Blanchard. I think a, Spears a should win this, to be honest. Absolutely. I, he needs it. Oh, absolutely. He's the guy who I think you're trying to build. Um, I, I, you know, I look forward. I think this could be a show stealer as I think all the Cody matches have been thus far on these major AEW shows for some reason, like on these big shows, he manages to come through with tremendous story and often matches that over deliver in terms of, uh, you know, Oh yeah. Crowd reaction in terms of drama going into the Nick Aldis match. Like it had a very good buildup, uh, Dustin Rhodes. It was like the two promos, but it's not like everyone was saying this is the greatest program ever. It was the matches by the time the match started, people were into the story, and I see the exact same thing here. Yeah. They have a real-life issue with the the chair shot that they have blended into the story very yep. well. Like, um, I'm just – I'm really hoping that um, – I'm really hoping that we don't get the retaliation chair shot, even though that makes sense for the story. I just you I don't def- want to see it. You'll definitely get a tease, but I think they've been through enough negativity, negative press, especially Tony Khan coming out and say you will never see that again, that I don't think you will actually see it. Um, but yeah, I look for I think this this in terms of a story will be a show stealer above the rest because you're talking about a whole bunch of other matches that, especially with you know Omega and, and Moxley gone, that really are just matches based off of you know like. Wow, this is going to be a really good in-ring wrestling match, and not so much great storytelling. Who do you think the the second will be, if not Arn? Do you have any? I think that's such a perfect choice that it's hard for awesome. me to, to. I think Dustin you know, would be let, let down. down. Yeah, he's not booked on this. He is apparently not going to be there, but that could always. It would knows. be some type of rival. So I think I think Arn would be perfect. Yeah, it'd be really cool. Uh, Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks in a Escala de la Muerte. Escalera de la Muerte. Triple A tag titles will be hung above. Um, Phoenix did injure himself last weekend. He's going ahead with the match. Um, I'll be honest. I'm really tired of this feud by this point. I feel like we've seen like the Bucks in like against the Lucha Brothers in like three of the last four four shows that they started done. in. Uh, well, the press conference was in January when they did yeah. the attack on them. So, so it's been pretty much the whole year. The and, and like I'm not even counting all the all the Triple A matches that that these two have done, but. Uh, you know, a ladder match, hopefully this will be the end of the feud, uh, and I think it should obviously be very good. Um, so I'm open to it. I'm not so into, like, story or anything that's a- attached to this, though. I don't think that Phoenix is going to be hindered right. at all. I think this guy is just going to go all out. So oh, I am yeah. not looking at this injury as any kind of handicap for this guy because this mm-hmm. this dude is just not human. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a phenomenal match. It should be a spectacle. I actually think it's going to be more violent. I think it has mm. to be. I can see the Bucks doing blood in this it's match. In the title. I think that it's going to be a really violent match that yeah. um, might t- – like what people are expecting Cody and Spears to be. I could see more of the violence reserved for this match yeah. um, as the blow-off. And I could see the Bucks winning this one at the end. You think they'll win the titles again? 
I just feel that they they've had a series of losses. Uh, I mean, I think going into TV, you need the Lucha Brothers again. To you know win. what? And given the fact it is the AAA tag, like if they win the AAA tag titles, that almost calls for another match, and there shouldn't be another one after this. So yeah, yeah you're right. Maybe Pentagon and Phoenix winning this, it should be. And the Bucks go into TV kind of at this low point. Like they've gone through this, they have been defeated in this feud soundly, and they have to rebuild mm-hmm. themselves. Uh, the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta versus Dark Order. Winners received a first round bye in this uh, AEW World Tag Team Tournament. I still have to try to make sense of this whole like bye system, but okay, I, I, I'm, I'm whatever. It's it's just the opening round of a tournament is how I take it. Uh, I I think it'll have to be a great showcase for both teams. You know, they're both teams that I think are on people's radars, but to me, they have yet to really had breakout impressive show stealing performances. Neither of them. Uh, and I definitely include the Dark Order there where I I think the gimmick continues to just eh, – it hasn't really left the best impressions every time we've seen them. In ring, I think they, they're great, but uh, I think it's 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 been kind of holding them back, you know, with with, with what, they, what they've done so far. I and really the, don't think the creatures work with the act. It looks very rinky-dink. Yeah, there's something missing from it. And I would even extend that to the best friends where I think on an indie sk- level, they, they, they work really well. I, I I just haven't feel see feel felt that they necessarily translated the gimmick to a, a bigger audience yet. Do you see the Dark Order winning this or the Best Friends? Oh man, heading into the bye, I think the Dark Order. I think so too. I think you have to promote them a bit more. Then our top two matches: Kenny Omega versus Pac. I expect this one to go really long, probably thirty, and it should be thirty that much. Eh? I think it could go thirty. Yeah. Now I keep do. in mind this will be at the end of the like towards the end of the show. You would think and. Yeah, how long do you think the show goes? Oh, I'm ten expe- matches. The, so the the buy in is at seven, and then the pay per views at eight. God, and after, we got eight matches. I think they, we're going to midnight. They need to be very careful, like yes. after last time, you know. Uh, and I would, I, to me, that's that's their biggest challenge on this show is to make sure that their timing of everything works out perfectly, and that they don't have the the fiasco. That any- I mean, you look at the top two matches, the ladder match, and Cody and Sean Spears. Like yeah. all of those can be very long matches. Honestly, though, I mean, if anything, if they they learned anything from from last last show, it's that honestly, less is more with a lot of these. And I don't know if Pac and Omega, as much as we want to see the match, needs to go thirty minutes. It doesn't need to. No, no, neither Cody nor Sean versus Sean Spears, or even Adam Page versus Chris Jericho. That's the match I I wouldn't go that long with. Uh. Oh, who do you see, you see winning, Pac or Omega? I do see Omega winning this one. I think that he's kept yeah. kept hot for the Moxley program. This introduces Pac. Although, uh, wouldn't it be some type of story, though, to have all of the elite lose heading into the, the show? Um, you can argue they're certainly the ones that don't need it. I think, though, with with Omega, like he is coming off the loss to, to Jericho right. uh, at the last pay-per-view. Sure. And he's the one that's going to be programmed next for a big feud with Moxley. So I do True. see Omega winning this one. And... Uh, it, it should be an excellent match. I, yep. I, I have no complaints that this is happening. Uh, not at all. I mean, if you know, the only complaint might be, oh, I wish there was a bigger build. But come on, like the on. A I show- want one promo from Pac on this show because I I love this guy. I wish promos. we had more time because I yeah, Pac, you know, doing anything would. If we Can didn't you imagine even- him doing the mailbag segment on Being the Elite. <laughs> we didn't even get a promo from Omega talking about Pac. So no. again, this is a match that pretty much is just happening. Based off of like you know the the expectation that these two are going to be amazing in ring, and I'm sure it will be. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think Omega wins. And then the main event: Hangman Page, Chris Jericho to crown the first champion with Hangman's pay, uh, family and wife in the front row. What's your anticipation heading into this one? Um, I'm looking forward to the match itself. I don't think this is the the top match going into the show from a 
perspective of like the buzz. Um, it'll, what, do you think it'll end the show? I think it has to end the show. I think so too. And they're going to be following a lot. Um, I have high hopes for the match. I think that it is going to be, it'll be interesting how they structure this match and what they follow, how long they go. I'm really interested in a lot of that. There's two ways to go here. It's the easy route with Jericho winning. He is your most visible star going on to TV and you have the chase. Mm -hmm. The other one is immediately pegging hangman page is our top guy. And even though he's not at, perceived at that level, we're telling you he we believe he's at that level. And then you get into the situation Jay White was in where are you putting the title on this guy too soon? Um, is he ready for that? Um, Will the audience I, take it? I can argue both ways. Like there's times I've seen where the the company is they see the guy. This guy is going to be a star. The crowd isn't quite there yet, but we're going to get like Okada. Okada won the title before many thought he was ready, but he was he was that guy. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being like Ghetto was two steps ahead of everyone else. Um, I feel the scenario to be a little bit different, though, because, you know, Hangman Page isn't just going to win, you know, the, the AEW championship. He's going to be the first champion of this company, and he's going to be the champion on the first debut show on TNT. So keeping all that in mind, I feel like they have to be a bit safer with the risks uh, that, that they might take with the championship. Or the argument is we have complete faith this guy's going to be a star for the next 10 years for us. And we want to bestow him with this being our first champion. And he'll yeah. always have that. And it, he might not check off all the boxes. But, I mean, typically when you're creating stars, they're not going to check off every single box immediately. Um, I can see a strong argument to putting this on page. But I um, I see Jericho being the, the natural uh, idea you would go with. But I don't dismiss Paige winning this. So yeah, I I I don't disagree for for all the reasons you stated. But I I I feel like Jericho is going to be the one to 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 win it, and you know I just feel like it, it offers maybe more high caliber main events that you can build towards after this. Um, uh, but I think you could tell a longer story with Hangman Page. You know, he's somebody who's set out to be an AEW champion at some point. But I think the the story is in the build. Now, as we completely take a detour down Speculation Boulevard, yeah. If CM Punk is going to make a surprise appearance, it's going to be at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. And if it's him, Jericho wins, and hopefully people are furious, and he takes a GTS, uh, is that the way you end the show? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Although Punk-Jericho wouldn't be the first feud that I would be going towards. I mean, it's not – I feel like it's one we've seen already. And to me, it doesn't really have – it doesn't feel fresh. It just feels like a bit of a retread. Um I would rather have him. Thing is, it's like Omega's already taken up with Moxley. Um, we're completely speculating here, and I don't even know if, like, at that point, whether or not Punk. I'm just, I'm just throwing out the idea that if if you were to be able to get CM Punk, Jericho makes sense if he's going to end the show. Uh, you know, he's definitely going to be at the at the end of the show. But yeah, he makes sense to attack because everybody. Else maybe is... that program doesn't need a title either because you're hmm. kind of in a corner there. So what do you do with Paige? Um, I mean, Paige could ultimately, I mean, Jericho could be, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's a bit of a curveball, um, but a great one. And listen, if you're asking me is punk showing up on this show, I'm not, I'm not expecting that. I don't think so either. I'm not expecting it, but I think that it's, you know, that's going to be the speculation all weekend. And if you're going to at least open the idea that where do you put him on this show? Um, that would typically, that would be your closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I expect this title match, so it's it's coming up with, or maybe it's anyway. It's we're getting way way too ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
maybe maybe this battle royal. No. Maybe he know. wins the casino battle royal. Maybe he's Cody's uh Maybe he's under second. a mask in the battle royal and we never know until later that he was there on this show and we didn't even realize it. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Any other uh surprises while we're throwing out kind of, you know surprises yeah any other surprises you can see i i do think that this show it needs to set up something big for october 2nd yeah I, well certainly I, we... I don't want to just see a great show and then we'll see you on october 2nd you need something mm-hmm. that's bringing people back in a month that is a cliffhanger a big angle shot s- directing us exactly to what you're getting on october 2nd and you start the big push because that is an enormous that's to me more important than this pay-per-view. We know John Moxley won't be appearing at StarCast, likely won't be appearing at AEW for the reasons that you mentioned, because it would probably piss a lot of people off if he did appear. But uh, you He know, could the, send in a promo. He could send in a video. Challenge um, Omega to October 2nd. I do expect something like that, because I think he has to have some presence on this show. Yep. I would love the idea that you have a direction or even a flat-out match announcement for October 2nd. Like, they have, they have announced matches, but mm-hmm. uh, shoot something big. Like, if you're going to do... A big Kenny Omega match, you announce it right away. But as far as like big names that you know are set to appear, I don't know if AEW is going to be adding anybody else. I, I honestly, Pac from you know seemed to have he was supposed to be, I guess, a bit of a surprise on this show. The surprise game is like it, it's fun to roll out those names, but yeah. there comes a point where you've got your roster locked, and it's like this is what we've got to work with now. And I don't know how many pieces are left out there that you need to go with that are. You know, you need to come up with programs with all these guys that you have now, and that that kind of becomes the the focus more so than just signing more people. Like TNA got into that trap where it was mm-hmm. just they felt the pressure that we had to constantly uh, be signing people and constantly pushing people to you'll never guess who's going to show up at the pay per view. And largely, I mean, those didn't really skyrocket their pay per view business like and, surprises. Like they they yeah. run out after a while. Surprises can can come in many forms, and not just you know having to sign like, like a brand new act. It could come in the form of like. Somebody doing something something incredibly dastardly that we didn't expect. A big turn or somebody having an incredible match. So that is all out going down on Saturday night from the Sears Center. And of course, we mentioned uh, StarCast and what's going on there. And the commentary team will be Excalibur, Jim Ross, and the Golden Boy, Alex cool. Mendez with uh, Alex Marvez doing backstage interviews. And we're, we're intrigued to see the broadcast team as well, like the correspondents on, on site. <laughs> How many will there be? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to the commentary. I think this is a great move. Um, I I feel like, you know, this is their fourth crack at it. And I think the, the, probably the biggest pressure of all of them with this being the biggest show. So uh, I expect them to, to be at their best. All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up, everyone. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and checking out the Cafe Hangout. A big thank you to Jamesy of the British Wrestling Experience for joining us. He'll be back Sunday morning with Martin and Benno recapping the New Japan and NXT UK shows. And uh, if they've seen any of All Out, I'm sure they'll chime in on that show as well. It's a, it's a really packed weekend. And looking forward to chatting with all of you on Saturday night after All Out. Way and I will be live uh, shortly after the main event and taking calls, taking Skype calls, and running through the entire card. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we are live with our live uh, uh, pay-per-view post shows for our Double Double Plus patrons. So go to patreon.com slash postwrestling. And uh, if you enjoy our shows, uh, feel free to subscribe at any tier. 
Yes, you can do so at postwrestlingcafe.com. We just put a, the double shot on Wednesday night reviewing the uh, episodes three and four of the current season of Glow. Do not sleep on this season of Glow. If you've watched seasons one and two, season three thus far has been tremendous. And I'm getting a lot of compliments on our reviews. I mean, they are very different from our usual reviews because we have to talk about themes that we don't typically talk about watching a, a, the body of a wrestling show. And that's what makes this season thus far so special. So that's the surprise at AEW. Mark Marin. Oh, you know, he's uh, in the Joker coming up eh oh yeah he's got a role in it that's but, cool yeah with, did you uh, see the trailer Joaquin Phoenix yeah with Joaquin Phoenix I haven't watched the trailer yet but I saw that it just dropped it's, it looks awesome when does that come out October nice that's cool um, <laughs> great sign off uh, that's it everyone thanks for joining us check out the double shot Friday we're back with Rewind Away if you're a patron and we'll speak with you Saturday night after All Out <laughs>